Hey everybody, this is Don Newman and this is Living a Life Worth Remembering. This is the show that's dedicated to helping you and I live a life that would continue to live on even after our own lifetime has ended. And so today, uh, the broadcast today is all about how can you and I face fears and overcome those fears. So the title of today's show is Conquering Tomorrow Today. Finding the power to overcome fear and worry in a fear and worry filled world. Uh, you know, honestly, you know, our world is constantly bringing things before us that can cause fear, that can cause worry. And so today I'm going to be addressing what is it that you and I can do to really, really address those things and overcome those things. And so I'm going to be referring to a lot of different things today. And so uh, I will share these things as we're going through. And uh, obviously at times I will put actually uh, notes up on the broadcast to try and help guide you. But I want you to look for the one or two things today that really settle in your spirit, that settle in your heart, that'll be helpful to you. Uh, because, you know, currently, right now, uh, as I am recording this, all of us in America and really throughout the world are facing a very, very giant health scare. Uh, the coronavirus, uh, as many of us that currently uh, are seeing, is really become a pandemic now. And, you know, pandemic and panic seem very close to each other. And it seems like this pandemic has caused a lot of panic. It's caused a lot of fear. And, you know, this started earlier in the year, and it just seemed like every day would go by, there would be some new report of uh, a government closing its borders or schools closing down. Uh, I live in Central Florida, and we've never seen Disney close down except when there was a major disaster like a hurricane. And they're closing till the end of the month. Uh, and so you're seeing things happen that you're seeing people make decisions that are showing that this is a real issue that we're dealing with. And so all of us <clears throat> that are facing fears, uh, currently this coronavirus and the pandemic is the large major one that's on everybody's mind. Everybody's talking about it. But you know what? Every day we face fears. We face fears in our life, in our family, in our jobs. And so while I'll talk about a little bit about this current virus and this current attack that we're dealing with, the biggest thing that I want you to come away with from this broadcast today is that you do not have to live underneath fear. You do not have to live trapped by fear. And so I'm going to share some things today that I really truly believe are going to help each of us overcome fear. You know, when you look at the definition of fear, you know, you, you find the definition is fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous and likely to cause, to cause pain or discomfort. You know, it's an emotion that we all deal with. And, you know, there is healthy fear and there's unhealthy fear. And here's the difference. I'm going to tell you how to tell the difference. Healthy fear like if all of a sudden I saw uh, there was a fire in my house and all of a sudden I, you know, I get the fight or flight, my adrenaline goes up, there's a fear, I've got to get this fire out, you know, um, that is a healthy fear. I need to respond. I need to do something. 
I need to, I need to react to what I am saying or respond to it in a way that, uh, that extinguishes the fire or deals with whatever the problem is. Um, when you have healthy fear, you'll notice that the fear will rise up, but after the situation is contained, it will dissipate and go away. That's healthy fear. Unhealthy fear is you can have a situation and the fear rises up and the situation dissipates, it changes, but the fear doesn't leave. It continues. It's, it, it's there when nothing's even going on. Uh, and that's where you can tell the difference between an unhealthy fear and a healthy fear. And, you know, the, uh, I like to say that the spouse of fear is worry, and together the two of those buddy up to try and work with our imagination to keep us in that unhealthy fear, the fear that we're fearful of something even when nothing is going on. And so obviously in the current situation with the coronavirus and the health scare that's going on across, again, not just our country, across the world, and by the time you see this broadcast, this may have elevated to another level. Uh, I want to assure you, you're not alone. I want to assure you there are other people that are concerned and there are other people that are having questions about what's going on. So number one thing I want to say is you are not alone if you're dealing with fear. There's a lot of people that are dealing with fear, questions, uh, what's going to happen, what's going to happen next. And so I want to address how do we deal with those fears and other fears. You know, there are all different types of fears. You know, there is a fear of man. You know, there are people that uh, they have a fear of disappointing other people. That's what we call fear of man. Man, I'm really concerned. Man, my boss is going to be upset with me. You know, I'm really concerned that uh, my spouse is not going to be happy with me. I'm really concerned my kids aren't going to like this dinner that I've provided. You know, and again, those are things that kind of come and go normally, but if that's something that is constantly in your mind, that you find yourself actually starting to perform for a person or for a group, uh, and you find yourself just constantly thinking, I don't want to disappoint, I don't want to disappoint, I want to dis don't want to disappoint, because I'm facing this fear of disappointing them. That's a call to fear of man. There's also one of the largest fears that people deal with is the fear of public speaking. Uh, <clears throat> I am one of those few people that I love speaking in public. I love being put into situations where I don't have a lot of time to think about what I'm going to say. And even though I might get a little bit of nerves, I really get jazzed about it. But there are some people that literally start to sweat at the thought of having to talk in public. I remember one time uh, when I was a pastor at a church, all I did was hand the, uh, the handheld mic, all I did was give it to somebody and ask them to hold it until I was ready for it. Well, they thought in their mind that I was going to call on them to stand up and speak. And so when I took the mic back from them, it was covered in sweat. And they had actually been there shaking the entire time because in their mind, he's going to call on me to speak. He's going to call on me to speak. And so that's a, that's a fear. Uh, fear of failure. Do you know how many people won't even attempt to do something because that fear is so real? You know, what if it messes up? What if, what if this doesn't work out? What if I fail to do this, to accomplish this? 
And so that's, that's a fear that, that we all face. There's nobody that doesn't face that fear, even if they tell you they don't. But again, what's the difference between those that conquer the fear? What is the difference between those people and those that are locked up with it, not able to step out and try things they really want to try? You know, a lot of this has to do with <clears throat> how do we overcome fear and live the life we desire to live and the life we're really destined to live. And so that's what I want to break through. I want to break through that wall. You know, another fear, you know, is the fear of what if? What if this happens? What if that happens? Uh, I'll tell you a very uh, real story where I dealt with that. Years ago, I was a state trooper uh, and a police officer on the Florida Highway Patrol. And uh, one night I had made my way home. This was very early in my career. And I had made my way home and I was sitting in the driveway, uh, sitting actually in the parking space. We lived in an apartment at that time. And uh, while I'm sitting there, there was a bad accident right at the entrance to the apartment complex, which my apartment was right around the corner from there. And as I was sitting there, I heard the accident. I looked up, saw the car flipping. Uh, uh, I immediately called in and asked that rescue would be dispatched to there. And so I get out, I'm the first person on the scene. I mean, I'm literally 50 yards away from where the wreck happened. So I, I approach the car, you know, the, the young man that was in the car is still struggling to get out of the car. I help him out of the car. Um, he, he's covered in blood. And obviously I'm trying to help him and, you know, and I see where he has a gash and, you know, and I'm doing all the things that, uh, that you would do. Uh, back in the day when I was a state trooper, about that time, rescue pulled up, took over. And one of the questions the rescue workers asked him, do you have any infectious diseases? And he answered them, I have AIDS. And here I am standing in front of this young man with blood covered on my hands. And uh, immediately, because this was, you know, AIDS became really uh, known to many of us in the, in the early 80s. This was in the late 80s. And so there was a pandemic in our mind about AIDS. You know, fortunately, through education and a lot of stuff, we now understand a lot of things we did not understand back then. And so all I knew was everyone was telling me, this will kill you. And so here I am covered in blood and uh, the rescue workers are, you know, working with this young man. And so I, I, the rescue worker looked over at me immediately gave me stuff to wash my hands off and do all of this stuff. But being very honest with you, inside of my mind, I thought, you know what? How do, do I have a cut anywhere? Did this get in my mouth? Did I breathe it in? And I just started to go through. And I'm telling you, all the things that I knew that this would cause, all of a sudden I'm starting to think this is going to happen to me. This is going to happen to me. And it became a fear over time that would manifest itself, you know, in, in my life that I would, you know, the, the rescue worker said, you're fine. You know, if you got it off, you cleaned off, but you know how somebody's trying to reassure you, but you don't reassure yourself. Well, that's what was going on with me. <clears throat> and so the what if fear, the what if fear actually started to manifest itself in my life. And later on, I went on and happened to be in a hospital one day and they said, we can check you very quickly and find out if you've been infected by this. And I got a check and found out that I wasn't infected by it. But the fear 
was really, really, re was very, very real to me. And so another fear is fear of fear. You know, there are people that are fearful of being fearful. And that can be very, very paralyzing. I love what FDR said in his, I believe, inaugural speech. This is after or during the Great Depression or at the end of the Great Depression. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the president, he said, all we have to fear is fear itself. And that's a very famous quote, a very famous speech about we do not have to be trapped by fear. So there are all kinds of fears and phobias. You know, one of the phobias that I deal with is a phobia called buffophobia. You know what buffophobia is? <laughs> buffophobia is fear of not getting enough to eat at a buffet. Um, and so, so just joking, but that's, you know, every, there's so many phobias now that I can't even list them. And that's one that I heard recently. I said, you know what, that's probably one that I've dealt with before and probably shouldn't be going to buffets anyway. But uh, if you've dealt with that, you'll understand. But all of these things, you know, they, they come against us. They try to trap us. They try to hold us back. So I want to talk about how to overcome fear. And I'm going to be very transparent and, you know, and talk about, you know, ways that I've overcome fear. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to hold anything back from sharing with you some key ways to overcome fear. The number one way, uh, I'm just going to start at the top, to overcome fear, and I'm sharing from my own experience. When I was a young, uh, when I was a young boy, I had two experiences that really kind of uh, marked me. I remember them uh, almost vividly. One of them was I remember going to bed at night in fear, in, in fear of dying in fear of dying. And I remember struggling with that fear. I remember not being able to go to sleep because I was afraid I would die. And that led to, well, do I have cancer? And there would be lumps that I would feel that would be, you know, at places on my body. Is that cancer? And it just became this nightly thing. And, um, you know, and I really settled that over time because I had made a decision at a very young age that not only did I believe in God, but I also believed that I could ask Him to live inside of me, that I could ask Him, that I could accept His Son, Jesus Christ, and I could have a relationship with God. And so early on, I found myself, uh, if any of you uh, remember, there was these Bibles called The Way. They were living Bibles. They were green. I had one. I remember sitting up at night with my lamp on when I was like 10 or 11 years old and reading through that Bible and finding things and finding the peace of God. And so uh, early on, you know, I dealt with fear, but I found that the key to being relieved from that fear, and you know, if I've got to point people one place, it's, it's in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And I want to share with you a scripture that Jesus in Matthew, actually in John 14, he said, let not your heart be troubled. He knew he was talking to people that were troubled. He knew he was talking to people that were dealing with fear. He knew he was dealing with people. You know, you think about when Jesus was alive and walked the earth, you know, you, you had people that were living underneath fear all the time. Rome ruled, you know, Israel and ruled that part of the nation. And they saw people killed all the time. And so here's all these people that he's looking at, that the Son of God's looking at, and he's saying, hey, 
Let not your heart be troubled or fearful. You believe in God, believe in me also. And so he was trying to point people to him. In Matthew uh, chapter 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavenly burdened, and I will give you rest. He's saying, look, you're dealing with fears. You're dealing with this world. There's all kinds of things, but in me, there's peace. You know, I can say from my own testimony, from my own life, my decision to give my life to God, to follow Christ and to turn to Him, that, that was the biggest key to wrestling fear out of my life. Uh, I have a funny story to tell you. Um, when I was about 12 years old, I had another experience. And this was actually as I was growing as a very young Christian, but I, it made a memorable mark in my life. It helped prove a point to me about the love of God, and I'll share it with you now. I was about 12 years old, and my brother uh, was probably about was 16 at the time, and uh, my brother had uh, gone to his girlfriend's house for some kind of barbecue or picnic, and he had kind of gotten permission uh, to come home late that night. And so I was with my parents. We returned home uh, from an event. I think it was a ball game or something. Uh, we all went to bed. And uh, all I know is I went to bed probably at 1030, uh, at 11 o'clock. I think it was a Friday night. And uh, my parents went to bed. Well, my mother woke up later, probably around midnight, and just felt, let me just check and make sure that my brother Robert was home. Well, she made her way to his room and found out he was not home. And so uh, immediately she called uh, the girl's house and the girl answered. Her family was there. They were just, I guess, having a big party or something. Well, the girl answered and my mom said, is, is Robert there? Is my brother there? And uh, <laughs> the girl said, no, and he's sitting right beside her. But she didn't, want to get, she didn't want him to get in trouble, so she said, no, he's not here. He left a long time ago. So my mom immediately says, he's got to be in a wreck somewhere. He's got to be in the ditch somewhere. We lived out in the country, uh, just those two-lane highways, and so she's thinking he's in the ditch somewhere or he fell asleep or who knows. So she wakes my dad, and they... Uh, get up to go to drive about 30 minutes toward this girl's house to see and just look and see and if they can find where my brother ran off the road. And um, <clears throat> they decided that they were going to let me keep sleeping. And so as I continued to sleep on, they got in the car and left and started headed uh, south to see where my brother was. Well, uh, you know, we lived in the country. This was a different time. Uh, you know, they weren't worried about me being there. They just didn't want to wake me up or concern me. I wish they would have. Uh, because when I woke up later to go to the bathroom or get a drink of water, something inside of me said, why is my parents' door open? You know, it just seemed strange. You ever had that happen where you're like, I don't know why this is going on. So I made the decision to kind of check it out. So as I went down, looked inside the door, uh, I just could barely see in there because, you know, outside of the hall light, there was darkness. But it seemed like, man, I, I, I couldn't see them. So I went ahead and went into their room, flipped on the light, and here their bed is, all messed up, but nobody's in the bed. And so I immediately go into panic. I immediately go into, you know, you're, you're not even thinking straight because you're like, okay, okay, what's happened? 
So I start checking things out and, and I look uh, all through the house. They're nowhere to be found. I look outside. I miscounted the cars that we had because in my mind I could see two, but I wasn't looking far enough. So I'm thinking, okay, the cars are still here. They're not here. They're not outside. Well, guess what? They've been raptured out of here and I've been left behind and I became convinced of it. You ever notice how fear can be a convincer? It starts to convince you. Well, it, there was no talking me out of this. Well, finally, I decided that the neighbors that lived through the woods on another plot of land, you know, they, we lived on five acres. They lived on five acres. Well, I knew they were Christians, so I made my way over there because I thought I've got to find out for sure. And sure enough, I go over there and knock on the door. I don't know if they were not there or they were sleeping uh, so deeply they didn't hear me, but that was it. They're gone. My parents are gone. I've been left behind. And so all of a sudden this fear started to manifest. So I went back to my house again. I'm 12 years old and this is a funny family story that gets told all the time. Uh, I go back to the house. I load up every gun we've got. I position myself in the living room and I'm just waiting for these monsters that Somehow or another, I imagined that in the book of Revelation are now going to make their way to the house to get me because I've been left behind. And I'm just kicking myself because, you know, I, I'm thinking, man, I didn't walk the aisle at church. I didn't go forward at church. I haven't been baptized yet. I'm just going through all this stuff. I'm only 12 years old. And so as I'm positioned in my living room, um, I actually turned on television too. And the only thing on was Don Cornelius and Soul Train. So I thought, well, that must be the only thing that's on TV. It's a broadcast or something. So I'm just, I'm convinced that the monsters are coming. So about this time, my brother passes my parents and they see him. They know that it's him because the headlights on the front of his car were bent from a, a previous wreck he had had. So they knew that one eye was looking this way and one was looking this way. So they, so my dad turns around on my brother and my brother's flying. I don't know what he was thinking. You know, he's just thinking if I can get there, it just took a long time to get home. So my parents uh, are right behind him trying to catch up to him. So as my brother makes his way onto our property, coming up to the house, he's coming up a little two rut road. And you know, those are like uneven. They, you know, your car bounces Well, he's flying. So his car is bouncing up and down as he's trying to get up to the house. And I'm sitting in the living room looking out the back where there's all these pine trees and all I see is these lights bouncing in the pine trees. So I'm convinced, I'm convinced here come the monsters. So here they come about that time. You know, my brother gets out, you know, uh, gets out of his car kind of like, ain't nothing going on. My parents pull up behind him and my mother's furious. She's so upset at this point. And so my brother, I didn't see this where I was at, but my brother gets out and he's like, hey, what are y'all doing? And my mother, that's all she needed. She's like, where have you been? You know, and, and, and anyway, he starts to make his way into the back porch. So I remember thinking as I'm sitting there and I see him, I'm thinking, well, I knew he wouldn't make it either. And uh, so I got my gun and I'm sitting there and about that time, my mother had had enough with him because he was arguing with her trying to make a big deal out of it. And I guess she took her purse and kind of, you know, slang it at him or something. And I said, they're getting him. And all of a sudden my parents make their appearance into my view with my brother. And guess what happened? 
reality set in. The reality that all of this imagination had driven me to the point of almost shooting my brother, according to him. You know, the fear had manifested itself to the point that I had positioned myself and barricaded myself in the living room waiting for the, uh, you know, these uh, beings to appear and to cut my head off. Or I mean, there's so many things that, you know, who knows how everything's going to happen when the world comes to an end. All I knew was I was wrong about this and, and severely wrong. It was too late to hide the guns. It was too late to hide what I'd barricaded myself in because my brother and parents made their way into the living room and all of a sudden my brother wasn't in trouble so much anymore because my parents were concerned about me. And I think I probably went into a crying fit. I mean, the, the emotion had done worked me up into you know, this pandemonium of what was gonna happen in my life. And anyway, it's a very humorous story, but I, I mean, I really, really was underneath a huge, huge amount of fear. And I remember my dad saying to me, you know, son, why would you be so fearful of that? You know, you believe in Jesus. But in my mind, I had done convinced myself, and this is how fear happens, that because I had not made my way down to meet the preacher at the end of the service and been baptized, that it didn't count. So... Anyway, long story short, I had a dinner. Uh, we had dinner with the preacher a few nights later, and he talked with me. And uh, as kind as this pastor was, he reassured me, "Oh, Don, you're you're saved. All it, it's believing in Christ, and you know." And and I, I I'm still dealing with the fear a little bit, but I'm relieved now. And so I said, "Well, when when can I come walk the aisle and be baptized?" And so it will do it this Sunday, and then we'll set your baptism up in a few weeks. So Sunday comes. And I'm sitting back there in the church and I'm waiting for that pastor to finish preaching and get to the real good stuff, asking me to walk that aisle. Because even though I'm assured now, I don't, I, I want to be really sure. You ever been like where you're like, hey, I really, really want to make sure. So I, I know y'all said all that. I agree with it. But let's just go ahead and do the deal. <laughs> That's how I felt. So here I go. I'm waiting for the preacher to he always would walk out front and say, is anybody today want to make a decision to accept Christ? And, you know, and people would walk up. And so I'm waiting for him to do that. And he walks out in front of the, the pulpit, walks down and starts talking about a picnic. And then he's talking about something else. Well, I decided I wasn't going to wait on him no more. I just stood up and walked down there in the middle of his announcement about a church picnic. And he knew why I was coming. So he made, uh, oh, by the way, Don, come on down. Don wants to make a public profession of his faith today. And I never will forget after that and after being baptized, you know, I remember looking back at the fear that I felt. And again, it's a humorous story. It's a very funny story. But I remember saying, you know what? I was able to deal with that fear by the action that I took. And of course, you know, I learned I shouldn't have been fearful to that point. But the ultimate way that I was able to get past that fear was my relationship with God. And that's why I don't, there, you know, people can say, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I, I, I have found that true peace comes, and it's a gift from our Heavenly Father. So a couple other things I want to share with you is this, is that uh, you know, the second thing that you can do, and this goes right in line with what I just shared, is pray. You know, in Philippians 4, verse 6 through 7, listen to this. Now, now this is something if you're dealing right now with major fear over your job, 
Maybe, maybe you're looking at a layoff because of just the company you work with, or maybe the coronavirus is causing your company to cause a layoff. I want to tell you something. This verse was written for you. Maybe you're worried about, you know, do I have the virus? Or maybe you're looking at something that has nothing to do with the virus. This verse was written for you personally. I want you to listen to it. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with gratitude, make your request known to God. That means talk to God about it. Let Him know, I'm dealing with this. And the verse goes on to say this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will protect your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That verse is basically saying, when you turn to God and you talk to God and you come to Him, okay, His peace is going to replace your fear. And it's going to surpass all your understanding. You're going to go, I don't get this. Have you ever met somebody that just are dealing with something, but yet they have peace? And you're like, I don't understand. You should be, man, you should be really upset. Well, you know, I'm... I'm you know, I'm not happy about it, but we're going to be okay. You ever found out sometimes those people know something that other people don't know? Well, guess what? This is for you and I. So especially if you're already a believer, you know, start turning toward God. Listen, more conversation with God, less CNN and Fox is going to lead to a life of peace because you're not going to have anybody surpassing your understanding in the news media are in these news reports. And I'm, and I'm okay with listening to the news and kind of catching up, but you know, you spend eight hours a day listening to the news and listening to the reports. You're going to find yourself trapped by fear. You turn to God, you're going to find yourself trapped by his peace. I'd rather be trapped by his peace than trapped by the world's fear. And so praying, that's the second way that you can overcome fear. And you know something? You, you, I can tell you story after story of people that felt like, I'm not worthy, I don't know of God. And I'm just saying, turn to him. He'll listen to you. Turn to him in your need. Turn to him and talk to, talk to him. Uh, you don't have to be a great uh, spiritual individual to turn to God and ask for help. He's there for you. The third thing, and, and this is that same scripture, is don't focus on your fears. Again, I just talked about CNN. I talked about, you know, the news media, Fox, what, what I mean, all of them, you know, are reporting things, you know, that sometimes can get very heavy. And, you know, sometimes the people you gather with and go to lunch with, you ever go to lunch with somebody and by the time you're done with lunch, you're ready to go home and pack your bags for Armageddon? You know, that's so different than being with somebody that, man, you know what? This person just made me feel we're going to be okay. And I like to be with people that are helping me understand reality because there's reality. Okay, we're facing right now a health crisis. It's real. But I want to be with people that are believing, hey, if we do the right things, we take precautions, we're going to get through this. And so listen to this scripture. Don't focus on your fears and don't be around things or people that are going to put the magnifying glass in front of you to just constantly look even deeper. Listen to this, Philippians 4, 8, and 9. It's actually the second part of the scripture I just shared. He says, the Apostle Paul said, Finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, 
If there is any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. You notice he didn't say, hey, if there's anything that's, uh, that's going to tell you how things are going to get worse, think on those things. Uh, if there's a, a negative report that, that's, that's, that's telling you how bad things, think on these things. Be aware, but he didn't say think. He said think on things that are good. Think on things that are praiseworthy. Listen to the rest of it. It says, do these things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, and then the God of peace will be with you. It's basically saying if you choose, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so if you choose, yes, I'm going to be aware. Yes, I'm going to find out what's going on because I, I don't want to have my head buried, but I'm not going to stick my head in the oven of, of criticism and negative reporting. I'm going to focus on what I believe in. And so that's a, that's a thing that you can do. The fourth thing is read God's Word. And, and a lot of this is centric upon God because there is no peace outside of God. Uh, I can say that 100% with surety. Uh, read God's Word. Listen to these scriptures. And these are scriptures that you can read. Hebrews 13, verse 6. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Do you know the scripture has the command, do not fear? And do you know how many times it's found in scripture? It's either 365 or 366. It's literally the number of days. So you could have a do not fear scripture for every single day, a different scripture, and have one for every day of the year. I love this scripture uh, in Psalms 34, 4. It said, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. Again, uh, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not preaching, you know, at you or preaching at me. I'm sharing what is truth. And so as you find the relationship with God and you can pray and you focus on those things that are good and you begin to understand that in his word, there are promises, you're going to find peace. You're going to find peace that maybe you didn't have before. But here's some other things to go with that. And those are the main things that really if I, if I didn't share anything else, I wanted to share where real peace comes from. But here's some other things that you can focus on that I believe even as believers we need to focus on. First off, realize this will pass. If there's anything, if you will go back in the history of man, there have been plagues, like I believe it was the Black Plague in 1300, that... I mean, killed like half of Europe or a large portion, portion of the population of, of, of Eastern or Western Europe. But it was bad. But here we are today. It was bad, but it did pass. And you can go back and you can look at dire circumstances. The Great Depression. Does anybody remember hearing stories of, uh, you know, at this point where we're at in life, there's nobody living necessarily, only a few people that may have lived through it that were very young, but we all had grandparents or great-grandparents that would talk about it. You know, there were people that for years after the Great Depression would still not put money in a bank. They would put money in jars or they would bury the money. Uh, and the reason why, because the fear that the banks closed and they lost all their money. But guess what? That passed. It passed. And America actually became a very, very, very blessed nation afterwards. And so, number one, this will pass. Uh, number two, 
reflect on past examples like I just shared. What do I mean by that? In your own life, just like I shared my humorous story of the rapture scare and, you know, in my fear when I was a young, uh, young boy, uh, guess what? I can look back and go, you know what? I was fearful and it didn't happen. 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 And what that does is it helps me realize as I'm facing a current fear, I was okay back there. I was okay back there. I was okay back there. And I'm, I'm more than likely going to be okay now. Look back at things that just shook your world, but you got through it because that will help build faith that you can get through this as well. The third thing is, I love this. Do you know that the Chinese or Mandarin word for crisis is two characters? There's two characters that make up the word crisis in the Mandarin language. The first character is danger. The second character is opportunity. Okay? And, and, and what I want to say is this, is when we're facing fears, like right now, we're facing the coronavirus, and it is a major health scare. Okay? What are the opportunities in the middle of this fear? Okay, and I want to give you three opportunities that are always facing us in the middle of the fear. The number one, the, for, or first, the opportunity to grow. Do you know uh, personally some of the greatest places that you're going to grow in life is when you're having to wrestle and overcome something? You know, think of going to the gym. You know, some of you that go to the gym, you work out with weights, you really get in there. I mean, you're facing, you're facing resistance. You're facing something. You're dealing with something that is difficult. But what happens to your muscles? They grow stronger. They get torn down and they grow back, but they grow back stronger. And that's what happens to people that really work out and really focus and really concentrate. But that's not just true in the gym. It's true in life. You overcame a bankruptcy, a situation you couldn't avoid in business. But you got through it, and today you're more confident about business than you've ever been before. You worked through a situation, a health scare, and you overcame. You fought and you overcame. Guess what? That same strength that you overcame the health scare, maybe it was cancer, maybe it was you know, something you know, uh, that you dealt with. But guess what? That ability to overcome, it comes out in life. All of a sudden, you're more of a, uh, of a steadfast, I'm never going to quit person because you've proven that you could get through something. And so you look at all of these things. You know, believe it or not, some of the most wealthiest people in the world actually, when things are like they're currently with the stock market, guess what Warren Buffett's doing? He's not selling, he's buying. It's actually an opportunity for some people that understand how to grow in wealth, and some people could say, well, they're taking advantage of other people's problems. I don't think so. I think, I think they understand it is what it is, and rather than retreating and taking all of their investment out and putting all of their money into a jar to bury in their yard, they understand it's going to come back up again. They understand this stock is going to increase soon. They understand we're going to get through this, and when we do, I'm going to go ahead and invest in this. Thank God for people like that. I mean, yes, they do benefit from it, but we benefit that there are people willing to invest in the corporations and in the world and, and around us. And so, again, 
opportunities to grow. What do, what are you facing right now that as you come through and face your fear? You know, I you know, I talked about the fear of public speaking. I actually with my daughter uh and went to Toastmasters. And uh went to Toastmasters because I I just want to get better. I want to grow. I want to become better. But you know, I met people that were going to Toastmasters that their job required them to speak or, or, or maybe they wanted to grow in their job, but it, to go to the next level, they were going to have to give a presentation every once in a while. And some of these people, the fear of speaking would make them uh, just stumble and stammer and sweat. And, you know, and, but I, I met people that had been in Toastmasters for years. And, and, you know, as I'm sitting there listening to them give a speech, you know, I would say, boy, that's a pretty good speech you're giving. And somebody would lean over and say to me at different points, oh, you should have heard them when they first came. They couldn't even read. They couldn't even stand up and say anything. What happened? They faced their fear. They saw it as an opportunity and they grew and they became better and they became stronger. And now they're even growing even more. So the first thing is the opportunity to grow. The second thing is the opportunity to serve and lead. You know, in the midst of times like now, you know, you could say, wow, man, what do we do? How do we overcome this? Well, one of the greatest ways to overcome fear is by focusing on others, focusing on the opportunity to serve and lead. So proud of my daughter-in-law, who I just read a post that she posted. And basically, she's got a young, she's got two children and has a, a, my grandson, who's, who, who's very young. She's got her own concerns, but yet she makes a post that says, any of you moms uh, that are concerned because the children, you know, they closed the schools in our state, and they may have did the same in your state, but they closed the schools, so children are at home, some of them uh, for two to three weeks. And she did a post that said, if you need any help with meals, you know, reach out to me, whether it's cereal, whether it's bologna sandwiches. I mean, there's a list she put together and she said, there's no judgment at all. I just want to help. You know what? She could turn that fear in and say, hey, look, we're, we're locking the doors. We're wiping down everything. We're sanitizing everything. And not that, that they're not doing that or should do that, but instead... She saw it as an opportunity to lead and serve. See, some of the greatness, greatness that's in you is going to come through your fear. It's going to come through your fear because you're saying, I'm willing to do what's right despite this. And so it's an opportunity. And the last thing is it's the opportunity to overcome your fears for good. You know, I faced a big fear when I thought that my parents had been taken off the planet and I was left behind. But, you know, as I sat there with that preacher and, and again, the next week made him uh, stop his uh, announcement so I could walk that aisle. Well, guess what? I never had that fear again because I took a step to actually tackle the fear, face it, face it down and make adjustments in my life. But guess what? If I wouldn't have done that, if I wouldn't have had the conversation, if my dad wouldn't have reassured me and I had not made steps, guess what? I'd hate to think of myself as a 20-year-old that was still afraid like that. But I faced it, and guess what? It no longer had life. It became a ghost. 
You know, in many, many of our fears, again, there's healthy fear and there's unhealthy fear. Many of our fears are like ghosts that, again, want to marry up with worry and then use our imagination to create things in the future that haven't even happened yet to paralyze us in the present. And so I want to encourage you to take one. Early on in this show, I said, take something I've shared. You know, what really stood out to you that you said, hey, that's going to help me. And I want you to do this. And, and this is as much uh, for uh, you as it is for me. I want you to share this show with other people that you feel like are dealing with fear. Again, the, you know, I could make this five minutes, but there's no way that I could cover everything I shared. You know, you share what really made a difference for you. Share it with somebody. Say, take, take, you know, take 30 minutes or however long this broadcast is to just, just listen through this. Put it on in your car, you know, because you're going to hear something that's going to help you overcome fear. And so, uh, so I just want to, uh, in fact, I just want to pray right now because I want to pray for us and I want to pray for our country. I want to pray for you. I have, you know, I don't know who's watching this. I don't know what you're going through. But you know what? The God of eternity that lives in me, and you know, if you know him, he lives in you too, knows what you're going through. And it hasn't taken him by surprise. You know, nothing ever just shows up in God's mind because eternity, he, he, he's bigger than anything we could ever imagine. So I'm going to pray before I close out this show today. I'm going to pray for you and pray for us. And I'm going to pray for our country because I, I, I love the country that we live in. And I believe that our country is going to overcome this virus, that we're going to overcome the economic struggles that it's brought, and even some of the political stuff that's going on, all of that's not going to stop us from moving forward because I believe there's a destiny on our country, and I believe that fear is not going to hold us back, but I want to pray. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you so much, Lord, as I shared about you today, Lord. I know that you are the author of peace, that there can be no peace without you, but Lord, it is your free gift as your salvation is a free gift. So comes your peace into our life. And Lord, I know that there are moms and dads and uh, their grandparents and even young people that uh, may hear this or even part of this today uh, or in the future that are dealing with fear. And Lord, I'm asking that you take these words and you set them in our hearts, in our spirits, and that you would help us overcome every fear that comes to paralyze us from living the life you've destined and desired for us to live. So Lord, I'm asking that all of us will be able to overcome tomorrow today by conquering our fears today and living free from the bondage of fear. Lord, we do lift up this country and Lord, uh, not knowing what the future holds next week or the week following, I know you hold the future. I have peace because you're in the future and I'm asking that you would help our country and the world to conquer this virus, that this virus would end, that this virus would dissipate, that this virus would not be spread from person to person, community to community. And, and Lord, I'm asking that you turn the tide. I declare your word that when the enemy comes in like a flood, you raise up a standard against that enemy. So Lord, I join my prayers with many around this country that are even praying this day and this weekend that this tide of this disease would be turned. 
And Lord, I'm asking that all of us would see you in this, that through this we'd see you as the answer and the peace and that we can trust you in all things. And Lord, I'm asking you to be with everybody that hears this and bless them in a significant way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I thank you so much for spending time with me today on living a life worth remembering. Again, I encourage you to share this with others. They can actually go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast if they want to listen to it. Or they can go to YouTube to Coach Don Newman and subscribe to the channel there. But uh, I'm wishing and praying that the ripples you make today would become waves in the future. And as we overcome our fears, we're going to see that nothing's going to hold back those ripples. God bless you. And may you live free of fear in everything you do. Have a great day.